Hi, and welcome to the Good Health Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Good, a registered nutritional therapy practitioner and functional medicine practitioner. Join me as we explore thyroid, brain, and fatigue conditions with positivity. From Hashimoto's to multiple sclerosis, chronic fatigue to adrenal dysfunction, I've got you covered. With expert advice and tips to help you take action now and inspiring real patient stories from successful individuals who refuse to let their health hold them back. Start your journey to good health today. And don't forget to come and join the conversation on Instagram at good underscore health, that's G-O-O-D-E. Or visit my website at nicolegoodhealth.com to find out more. Welcome to this week's episode of the Good Health Podcast. So today I am joined by Christian Baker. Christian uses a integrated approach with his therapy. So he's an internationally recognized and registered hypnotherapist. He also uses life coaching. He uses NLP and he supports entrepreneurs and business leaders to reach their next level by aligning their subconscious beliefs. He works on high performance mindset, and I'm really thrilled to have this conversation with him today. We're going to dig deep into mindset, how it can impact your body, how it can impact your health and how it can impact your life. We're going to look at the main barriers that people come up against within mindset. And Christian has really got a wealth of information and knowledge that he's going to share with us today. So I really hope that you enjoy the conversation. Let's jump straight in. Welcome back to the Good Health Podcast. So today we're doing something a little bit different. People often think that functional medicine is just about food. It's just about nutrition, sort of me telling you what to eat, but it's so much more than that. And nutrition is a really big part of it. But we also look at sleep. We look at stress. We look at community purpose. And of course, we look at mindset. And part of my training in lifestyle medicine we cover a lot of these things, but I'm not a mindset expert. So today I've brought in people like Christian, who are a mindset expert. So welcome, Christian, to the podcast. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to have people on who are, you know, we can bring these different sort of modalities together and really learn about other things from people who are really specialized in them. So, you know, I've done sort of a little bit on mindset, but nothing like the sort of work that you've done. So Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got into this work. Yeah, there's not a, a, a great, amazing story, to be honest. I've been doing this longer than than anything else. So probably 22, 23 years ago, I started out as a, as a hypnotherapist. And then over the years, it's evolved into kind of mindset coaching. Yeah, my background before that was, was nothing too exciting. I got into it probably through personal curiosity. So I was always fascinated with only from a very basic, curious level psychology. I did martial arts. I dabbled with yoga a little bit when I was younger yeah so I come played a lot of sports done a lot of sports I was always fascinated with performance and that whole kind of mind-body connection and the impact it can have but like I say just purely a curiosity personal interest level you know I didn't have great desires growing up to do this I didn't really know what this was growing up but yeah I was at a crossroads myself uh, at the time looking for some kind of career development and I stumbled across somebody who was advertising a, a, a weekend course. So I, I went on that just to, to, to find out a bit more about it. And then I just got the bug, completely fascinated and just so curious. And to be honest, all these years later, I'm still learning, still finding out new information, new ways of helping people to fundamentally it's to help people to change um, and enhance their mindset, which I'm sure we'll go into in a little bit more. But, yeah, that's briefly kind of uh, how I got into to doing what I do now. Yeah, it's always I always find it interesting hearing people's stories of how they've ended up, you know, sort of where they've where they've ended up and how they've got there. And and you sort of work heavily now with sort of that burnout. You do a lot with those sort of high performers. And 
And burnout in, I mean, I do a lot with burnout as well from some from sort of the functional medicine side of things. In our society today, it's it's a huge problem. I mean, it's almost become like, I guess like a, a badge of honor, hasn't it? To be kind of yeah. busy all the time. You know, yeah. it's like you're successful if you're ridiculously busy and you're juggling everything. And, you know, that's kind of what we almost class as success, I guess, these days. Yeah, like you said, I work with a number of successful high achievers in different areas of, you know, sport, business and in life. And like you say, it is very much like exactly what you said. It's almost like a badge of honour. If, if you can show how busy you are and, you know, if you're more busy than the next person, that that equals success. I've, I think I've probably only got one client I've worked with recently who takes the very opposite approach. And I know there's more people out there, but it was almost they don't want to be busy. They want to be successful, but they absolutely don't want to be busy. And, and it's more about having that balance and that that lifestyle and, and, and getting everything in alignment and kind of reconnecting to what they want to achieve and uh, not getting caught up in that that kind of busyness cycle that we often find ourselves getting caught up in. But you're right, burnout is a huge thing. Stress, anxiety all come mixed in with that for me, with the kind of work that I do. And uh, it really does cause people problems it, it can be debilitating it can hold them back and it certainly gets in the way of them achieving the the outcomes that that they want for sure it's really nice though that you said that you have got somebody there who is actually looking at it completely the other way because that's that's just starting to show that shift maybe in people Agreed. are becoming more aware of this yeah I think probably what last decade or so is that hustle culture isn't it and mm. that you know that kind of busy 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 work all the hours it's not sustainable, you know. I, you know, it's, there are certain individuals and characters that might be able to thrive on less sleep, but really, if we fast forward another five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, will they still be able to sustain that level? I doubt it. And yeah, I think there is definitely a shift in people's kind of approach and perspective. And I think people go through different seasons in their own life and in, the, in their own business where, you know, maybe there had to be that way to get things off the ground, to get things going, to get things started. But then when they reach a certain level or there's external changes maybe in their life that then they have to reassess and realise that it's not something they can maintain indefinitely and without having an impact on their health, which is where I'm really fascinated with that whole mind-body connection. Um, and that's why, you know, it's great to be able to speak to you because you obviously come at it from a completely different uh, perspective, but both sides for me are so important to look. Yeah, and I think it's just, like you said, it's a, I'm, I sort of come at it from a different side, but in a similar way, because we talk about all the time about the interconnections around the body and how you can't, you know, this is the, the cornerstone of functional medicine. You can't just sort of say, you know, somebody's got a thyroid condition. We need to look at the thyroid. You've got to look at everything it's interconnected to. And part of that is the mind with with any condition. I think it's it's interesting because it is, it is a very similar, whenever I speak to people about this sort of side of things, it, it, there's a lot of crossovers. There's a lot of similarities between what we do just from a slightly different sort of perspective yeah I yes when you look at it it's that whole holistic approach I know that's a, a word that not everyone's comfortable with or it's a bit of a, a fluffy word but when you look at the, the, the kind of holistic approach it's the most effective way isn't it you know if you yeah. ignore one side of it and just focus on the other then you're not optimizing what's available to you yeah and I, I love working with with these people so I work on the on the burnout side of things as well as on the sort of chronic you know sort of immune health the thyroid conditions things like that and I love this side because it's the more you can do more in a terms of preventative medicine yeah and 
and mindset's a huge part of that. You can do this longevity stuff. You can do the, you do the mindset. I mean, I've worked with, you know, actors, musicians, you know, CEOs, business owners, all these sort of people. And, and burnout is a huge problem amongst them, as we've sort of said. And, and that burnout also then has an impact on their health markers. Like, you know, like you've yeah. just said, will they still be healthy? Okay. And it's, you know, it's great doing these things when you're in your twenties, but how are you going to be able to do these things when you, you know, you're in your forties and your fifties and things like that, where things are starting to maybe shift in the body and things like that. And there's been a huge correlation found between burnout in high achievers and developing chronic illnesses. Makes that, sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You know, it's, and it is that personality, I think that, and I'm not, I'm not judging her because it's my personality too. So I'm as much guilty of this as other people, but it is that sort of personality of people who just keep going. They push through, you know, just keep busy, keep going and don't kind of stop, isn't it? It's that. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because, you know, that's, that personality is what makes those people strive and be successful and and reach that level that they do but it's saying well if I want to maintain it if I want to sustain that if I want to to have the longevity in that that role that business that sport then it's what can you do to kind of maintain your kind of I I refer to it as mind fitness you know and, and, and I say to people if you approach your your mind and your mental health in the same way as people look after their their physical well-being it isn't something that you know you, you don't you know have a healthy meal you don't go for a, a gym session you don't go for a walk once twice or even for a week or a month and then tick it off and say I'm done I don't have to do that ever again but if you incorporate and weave in to um, your life and your lifestyle proactive preventative things that help give you that outlet that 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 reset to realign then you, you're going to be able to maintain working at that level obviously you can then tweak it and and probably realize you don't have to do it at that level all the time but if you can do those things then that's going to stop you from reaching burnout or at least help prevent it but also it's going to help your productivity and your efficiency while you're doing it as well so it's kind of a double benefit really it's prevention and optimizing productivity as you're doing it so yeah I think amongst those types of people it's common but I encourage people not to see that as a problem and a negative it's like well let's let's recognize that let's accept that but let's optimize that and uh, because they're not going to change they're they're that way wired you know that that's that's what makes them tick and that's what usually helps them to succeed but it's that balance and another way I I like to look at it and I'm forever sharing an image on my socials that always resonates with people and that's thinking of our kind of energy our mindset like that of the charge on our phone you know I say to people do you ever not charge your phone up no never so why would you not charge yourself up you know and sometimes it might just be that you have a quick boost in the day it might be that you're somebody who gives it a long charge at night but if you look at ways of how you can optimize your charge or another kind of phrase that people like to use is you know you can't pour from an empty cup so it's what can you do to fill up your energy fill up your cup to keep your your own kind of mind in 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 a place that allows you to do all the things you want to need to have to and enjoy doing yeah I love that I always say because I get quite a lot of mums you know people who are mums come to me and they're working and they you know they've got family as well and they're looking after the kids and they sort of feel like they sort of say oh it's just I really want to do this I really want to work with you but I'm just I'm worried about time and you have got so many other thing commitments and and I always say you know Again, if you're not looking after yourself, if you look after yourself, yeah. if you really work on that and you've got that optimal health and that longevity, 
you can actually do so much more for your family. You can do so much more for your kids. You can be there for them in a much better way. And by the time we get through sort of working together and they get to the end, they're always like, do you know what? I'm actually like, I'm running around with the kids now and I don't, I'm not getting tired after work and I can actually go and do stuff with them. And, and they realize that actually investing in yourself gives you a lot more and actually gives your family a lot more as well. And the other people that you want to support and and sort of. Yeah. And it's usually when people say they haven't got the time is, is when they need to do it time. And, and and the reality <laughs> is you know we all have the same amount of time in the day it's, it's how we choose to use it and I, I don't get me wrong having juggled running a business with looking after young children because me and my wife always split our time bringing the kids up so I have a probably a, a different insight to a lot of couples because I've I've done both sides of it and it's difficult when you've got little people that fully rely on you and are demanding and there's different things going it's, it's difficult but like you say it's doing what you can and anything you can do is going to help and it's going to be much better to take that approach than waiting until like you say you're 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 not able to to kind of function and, and look after them and yeah I, th- I think there's a definite shift between people taking a more preventative approach would you agree yeah definitely I've seen a lot more of that there's a lot more people reaching out to me that are you know don't know because it used to be originally starting it was you know people reaching out who basically had a diagnosis they've been to the doctors got a diagnosis and that's when they reach out and there's been a huge shift in that particularly since covid actually there's been a huge shift in people sort of saying actually do you know what i just want to be in optimal health i want to make sure i'm doing everything i can keep myself healthy you know and it's all about that sort of longevity and yeah. and everything and it's, there's definitely been a shift and it's i think it's a really good thing and i think i think actually the the whole work from home thing that happened almost kind of pushed us out of that hustle culture a bit didn't it it sort of it forced us and we sort of forced us to stop and people actually thought actually do you know what this is not bad <laughs> this yeah, kind there's of... another way of doing things yeah yeah so if we if we kind of really dig into those sort of mindset the mindset sort of side of things what are the biggest sort of mindset struggles that you see you know people like this kind of struggling with I mean the generic kind of ones are things like just a sense an overwhelming sense of just feeling stuck where they are overwhelm stress anxiety and then if we break those down into kind of the next level it's things like you know imposter syndrome the fear of failure perfectionism but ultimately they all come back to 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 our mindset the the beliefs that we hold the the identity that we have and and i kind of i think mindset we have to look at it from two perspectives so i think mindset is quite a generic term that people often get confused with or it's become such a kind of generic term that people know about it but don't really give it the attention because they haven't got the full understanding and awareness of of what it actually is so I kind of think of the mindset and you and listeners may have come across the kind of uh, graphic of an iceberg you know you see the, the bit above sea level to the naked eye looks massive but compared to what's underneath it's it's only the small bit. So when I look at mindset, I think of it in the same way. I think of the conscious part of our mind, the logical, the analytical, the rational, the decision-making part of us is that top bit. So people often say to me things like, oh, I'm so frustrated. I, I know what I'm doing, but I don't seem to be able to stop it. Or I know what I should be doing, but I don't seem to be able to, to kind of stick at it. You know, people will read books. They will listen to podcasts. They'll go on courses. They'll get the information. I mean, the, you know, most people I see know what they should and shouldn't be doing. But the reason they're not is because all of that knowledge and information is at the conscious level. Now, the bit that's running the show, the bit that's running our programming, our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs, our attitudes, our behavior patterns, is the 90%, which is underneath, which is the subconscious. And that's the bit that really formulates our 
are kind of natural automatic behaviors, habits, and functions. It's, it's the programming, you know, it's the autopilot part of it. So, you know, people don't wake up in the morning and say, right, today I must remember that three o'clock I must get really stressed and overwhelmed. You know, it's just their day is driving them to the point where they feel that way. So I often see people who are frustrated and stuck because they're very successful. We've said, you know, they're high achievers, they stuff, you know, they they don't need me to point out the obvious to them. But the reason they're struggling and the reason there's that resistance, because unless you make a change at the subconscious level, that programming, that software, that identity that we hold about ourselves at that level, things are unlikely to change or to sustain beyond a short term. You know, I always think of people when they choose to go on a diet, you know, they might overindulge at the weekend and on a Monday, it's right, Monday, reset, let, let's get back on it. By 11s is, it's gone out the window. And that's because consciously they know what they want, but their, yeah. their conscious mind's not aligned with the habits, their behaviours, the things that they do day in, day out without thinking about it. So joining the gym in January, isn't it? And not oh, going yeah. by February. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. February's even a bit ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, yeah. I think it's second or third week in January is when they say that most, something like 70 to 90% of New Year's resolutions have, have, have gone. You know, it's not not very long. And that's, don't get me wrong, I know a lot of people who have made a choice and decision that they're going to make a change in one area of, of their life, whether that be dietary, whether that be exercise, whether that be to stop smoking or something else. And sometimes decision can be enough and that's brilliant and fantastic. But equally, that's often where people then get frustrated when they can't make a change. You know, the times people have said to me, well, I've done this, I've achieved that, I've accomplished that. Why is that one thing here? Like, it's like a thorn in the side that's just kind of niggling and nagging that they can't seem to do it. And it's not their fault. You know, it's just the way the mind is. And, and that part of the mind doesn't really have the ability to um, distinguish whether something's right, wrong, good or bad. It just assumes because we've been doing it for as long as we have, because we keep repeating that function, that that's what we want to be doing. And when we accept something at that level, that's where the subconscious kind of really kicks in, because then its primary objective is to look after us, to keep us as we are. So when we intellectually we're saying, right, I'm going to stop doing this or I'm not going to do that anymore or I'm going to change this, that part of the mind is in battle with that part that has been programmed to do something completely different. And the, the subconscious ultimately over time will always end up kicking back in and winning unless you make a change at that level to lasting change. Yeah, as you're sort of talking about that, I'm, I'm like, there's kind of I'm seeing correlation because I did I did neuroscience originally at university and we mm. we did a lot on neuroplasticity yep. and we looked at it in a slightly so, so neuroplasticity for people who, who sort of don't know is this concept that your your brain has, a, has essentially got the ability to create new synaptic connections so it can create new pathways basically and we looked at it in a, from a slightly different perspective because obviously we were it was you know we we're looking at it from a sort of medical point of view and it was you know if people have had an injury or something like that. And, you know, the the sort of the messages are not getting down. Let's say they've got a you know, problem with their arm, messages are not getting down to the arm for movement and things like that. Actually, the, you, your brain can actually rewire, create these new connections and and actually get the pathways back where they should be just by creating a new pathway. And I'm, it's kind of, there's almost like the similarities there with what you're talking about. In, yeah. and, and I remember in neuroplasticity, they also talked about like when we learn something new. So if you go and learn a new skill, and they would use this with people with injuries, you know, go and actually go and learn a new musical instrument because doing that will create new pathways within the brain. And it is, and that will help your, your brain to keep creating these new new pathways. And it's a bit of a similar thing 
that, that you're talking about in the sense of the mindset, it's creating new, new behaviors, new patterns, getting the brain to actually get out of what it's been programmed to do. Cause you know, we do, you know, and we've probably been doing these things for, you know, sometimes people, like you'll say, people get frustrated and it's like, actually, you've probably been doing this behavior for, you know, maybe 30 years now or something like that. And now you want to change it kind of in a day. And it's like, yeah. it's going to take longer. It's going to take a bit of practice and it's going to take some work as well. I mean, some changes can happen very quickly, but equally, particularly if someone's relying on conscious effort alone, it will require a little bit of effort and certainly a bit of perseverance and, and repetition and consistency. And unfortunately, human nature is we, we tend not to have the patience to do that, which is why um, people then revert back to doing what they've previously done, because for the mind, it's easier and it's comfortable. But you're absolutely right to point that out because the mind's massively powerful, massively underutilized and when we do new things, it absolutely does create those uh, new pathways, which makes it possible to to change, which yeah. is a positive. And, and that's, you know, when I work with clients and when I'm talking to people, you know, mindset is a positive thing in respect of if things aren't working for you, just having the awareness of knowing that it, you can change it is phenomenal because you know, usually when I speak to people, and not all of them, a lot of the, the high achieving business owners and CEOs I work with also have business coaches and, you know, they belong to, to mentoring groups. So they're already kind of tuned in to the, the power of, of, of the mind. People often think that it's it's a negative and, and the mindset isn't right or wrong. The, the, the programming that we're running to might have served its useful purpose or benefit once. But sometimes as we evolve, as we reach new seasons, as we, as we reach new times, what worked for us then, or as the saying goes, what got us here won't get us there. So I often think of it, again, thinking of the mind like programming, think of the programming on a phone or a computer, or even, you know, cars. We update them. We service them. We we kind of just literally, as we're talking, my phone's flashed up, and it reminded me that, you know, how often do we get that kind of prompt to update the latest software on our phones? Yeah. You know, we don't question yeah. it. We just update it. So if you think... Your mindset is like the computer or a phone that was 5, 10, 15, 20 years old. Is that phone or computer going to do what you want it to do today? Very unlikely. Then it was probably amazing. It was fantastic. It was you know, state of the art. It was, it was exciting. Now it's just out of date. So never thought of it in that way. That's it's an interesting yeah. way of putting it. So it's not right or wrong. It's just out of date. And knowing that you can update it, knowing you can up-level it to help you to, to achieve the things you want to achieve for where you are now, is is such an empowering kind of awareness to have yeah and and i mean the brain is just such a you know we're we're, you know when we're talking the mind we're talking the brain and the brain is it's just it's it can do so much that we don't realize that it can even do i remember the the first day of of neuroscience at uni i sat down in our first sort of you know welcome lecture and and the, the the neuroscientist in front of us, he said, we're going to teach you over the next three years, 1% of what the brain can do, even though you're studying the brain, because that's all we know. It literally can do so much more than we than we realize. And I think our, our minds are the same. It's like, you know, you see people even with, you know, if you, I've, there's a um, stand up to cancer program on at the moment. And I saw it the other night and they were sort of helping people overcome fear of heights, it was. And and it's amazing how some of those strategies and things that they can help them, they can, they can actually, they really can overcome these, these fears by just working. And they're just working on mindset. They weren't doing anything else, just no. working on mindset to get them over. And they were doing, I think they were doing like a high wire walk or something over, over some cliff that looked horrendous. And they were really, really scared, but they, they got them doing it. And it's, it's, it is fascinating because there's so much that 
you know that the brain can do that we just we don't you know we don't realize it's a very powerful tool isn't it absolutely and, and that's why I, say, I think having at least having the awareness and understanding because i think for too long or too often people assume that if they're experiencing resistance or something is is causing them to feel stuck or frustrated in some way that that's how it is and and, and that's their lot but like i said to you in the same way as if you wanted to get physically fitter if you want to get physically stronger if you want to Im- improve your physical physique then there are things that you can do but you don't walk into a gym once look at all the stuff walk out hey i'm, I'm all done it That'd requires nice. <laughs> yeah it would require a little bit more consistency and uh, input from the individual but it's absolutely possible to make that change if desired and i think like with the burnout the reason i think that is one of the things that you and i both see um, quite a lot of is that people get to a point where it becomes so painful in their life that they have to do something about it that they know they can't go on the way they are but in so many other areas of of life like say with longevity and and some probably and i don't know i'll leave that one to you to kind of comment on but with some probably long-term conditions and and and, um illnesses it doesn't always impact people's lives too much or as much and what i'm getting at is that our catalyst and our motivation to change is on one level it's pain when things get too painful then that's when people kick into i've got to do something about this and then the continuation of change is towards pleasure towards gains um, but unless people reach one or both of those points the mind i say the mind's prime objective is to keep us as we are and it will keep run into that programming unless it's told or been trained or been conditioned to do anything different so when people are high achievers and successful and they're starting to notice that it's impacting them or you know they're feeling like they they need to take time off or they're not performing as well as they know they can do then the choice is to crumble or to to find some solutions to help them um, through that patch um, that they're going through so yeah catalyst for change is away from pain and towards pleasure yeah I had a a guy recently still working with me actually and he's got a very high sort of high job he's in finance in London so he's got that typical lifestyle that we're talking about for those sort of you know high achievers and 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 he came to me and 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 this is what I love about actually is this work because obviously when it's the sort of like you said the chronic illness side it's it's pain they've got to get to that point of pain they start looking for something else they realize maybe you know just working sort of with medications is not quite working they need to work on themselves so it's that they've almost they've got worse kind of before they reach out yeah and this this guy actually kind of he came to me and his attitude was and it is a different you do see it, it's a different personality type again yeah but his attitude is very much I said to him you know why, why do you want to work with me and his answer was I found that actually I'm not quite enjoying my job as much as I mm. used to I'm not enjoying the travel as much as I used to be enjoying it and I know I love it so something's not right yeah and I worked with him and actually we found he'd got a few, quite a few of his markers within his bloods. Was, you know, started that typical metabolic, you know, started with the cholesterol, started with the blood sugar. You know, these things were all sort of starting. We've got all those sort of where he was actually just lacking in a bit of energy, you know, so then he yeah. was losing that sort of, I don't know, I guess sort of mojo. passion for it. Yeah, losing the mo- yeah, losing his mojo. And he is, you know, as we've worked and brought him back, he, he actually came to, to the last session I had with him, last consultation. And he came back and he said, he said, I absolutely love my job again. And that's how I know that it's working because I actually feel like I'm I'm back there and I'm, I've got that passion and that drive back. And he, you know, and for him, it wasn't, so it wasn't necessarily like a physical pain, no. but it was a, it was that sort of mindset thing of just like, or, you know, sort of that more mental thing of, 
I just feel like I'm not quite, I'm not quite engaged yeah. with the job as much. I don't feel like I'm quite enjoying it as much. And, you know, they, they jump in quite early. I think that sort of that's self, that self-awareness, that. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And also, like we said, if, if they're aware of it and they don't do something about it, they know that they're going to kind of, the magnif- that, that, you know, that the, the attention's on them that, you know, if they don't keep performing, they're not going to be able to hold that position for, for, for much longer, are they? Yeah. And they can't reach a point not. where... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't absolutely. afford to not perform, can they? They really, they really sort of need to keep keep on it. No, no I go back to the, the the chronic illness. When I said said that things don't get painful enough, don't get me wrong. I know it can be very painful in the physical sense, but what I mean is that the the mind is so resilient. We will will find a way to just get by. Yeah with what we've got but sometimes we reach we that accept point. it as well we accept the yeah. symptoms I, I see that in so many people you know we sort of like well you know this is my new norm I'm just going to I've just yeah. got to accept it I actually had a, a, another client recently who was a chronic illness client and I got her sort of so far down the line and I said do you know what I'm actually at this point now and she's going to you know probably got some more work to do with me after but I've said to her, at this point now I'm going to send you to a hypnotherapist Okay. because we really need to work on sort of the mindset and and sort of that hypnotherapy sort of side of things she was having quite a lot of anxiety and yeah. confidence was really kind of because that's a big one with chronic illness as well Conf- that lack of confidence kind of goes and and she'd, she'd lost all of that and actually she's she's she went off to hypnotherapy and it, I mean it's done her it's done her wonders and now she's like right now I want to I want to get back to sort of, you know working on sort of the health stuff and things like that but it's and it, that's where you get that sort of like we said, that holistic, you know, whole body yeah. kind of approach of actually you do really need to work. So I think, you know, either way you need to work on on both sides. I think it's just that when it's not with those that are sort of those high achievers, they know they've got to keep performing. So they maybe jump in that bit earlier. Yeah. Whereas with the when it's sort of an illness, then we a lot of people kind of accept, oh, I've been given this diagnosis. So I, I'm just going to have to accept and have to live like that. And I'm always saying you don't have to accept it. You really don't. No. You, can, you can still still work to to live better and live well. And I think also amongst sort of high achievers, if we look at other other kind of areas like sport, for example, you know, elite sports people have huge teams that work with them. You know, they're already talented. They're already kind of the best, you know, in their field. Yet they're always looking at how they can just make those differences that will allow them to to kind of maintain it or, you know, get the edge that will, you know, make them even better. And I think when people are that way inclined, then they're, more willing to reach out for looking at ways of how they can help themselves. Yeah, I think if we, I know you've mentioned a couple of the things. So you mentioned sort of that, you know, the fear of failure, lack of confidence, imposter syndrome, sort of that mm-hmm. overwhelm. If we, can we sort of dig into a few of those? I'm sure there's people listening to this. I mean, I, as you were talking about, I was listening to this saying, oh, that's me. I'm, you know, I'm definitely the the perfectionist. That's a, That's been, and that holds people back. And you know, People always say it's, you know, it's, Oh, you know, it's a good thing though, because everything you produce is, you know, it's good because you're a perfectionist. It's like it is, but actually, I've, you know, I found with with obviously running my own business and things, it also holds you back because I will not the hindrance something... slow you down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I won't put something out there until I think it's, you know, it's perfect. And I've I've had to really work on that. That's that's something. That's one of the things for me that I've had to sort of say, do you know what? If I keep doing this, I'm never gonna <laughs> never gonna get anything out yeah. there. I'm never gonna get anything done. And that's been a big one for me. I think. So I've been, as, as you've been sort of mentioning these things, I've been listening, thinking mm, that's me, you know, and, and I remember when, when we finished, we did, so with, with my training for, for this that I do now, we did our final sort of exams were our clinical exams. So we do, we had to be, you know, in clinic, we had another practitioner who was fully qualified sort of over us. And once we'd done so many hours, we, we sort of got our qualification and we all came out of those, we'd finished our clinic hours. And I know so many that came out with imposter syndrome. 
I've just sort of like, oh my God, do I actually know enough to do this? You know, it's like, it, that was that was a big one as well. So I know there's people that are going to be listening to this that are sort of, as you've mentioned, some of these things are going to be kind of thinking, oh, that's me recognizing themselves in that. So, you know, if we can, can we just kind of touch on a few on a few of those a little bit more? I mean, all of them come back to a belief that we hold about ourselves, that whether we believe that we're not good enough, that we don't know enough, that we're not ready, that if it's not perfect, then it's not going to work, that we're going to fail. So it usually comes back to that kind of fear of not being good enough and and the fear of failure in one disguise or another. And when we talk about mindset, someone asked me a question once when I was when I was um, presenting to, to to a room of uh, really successful business owners. And, and one of the guys said, someone said to me once, mindset means that it, it, it's kind of set in stone and you can't change. And I said, well, it's an interesting perspective. But the truth is, if you just shift it slightly and think of your mindset as being like a setting that can be changed for where you are now. And, you know, I think back to when I started out, I was in my early 20s when when I kind of put myself out there as a hypnotherapist. And, and you have that voice that says, who's going to come and see you at your age? And what you haven't got the life experience. What do you know? And I remember my mentor at the time, not directly to me, although it absolutely 100% applied to me, went on so many courses. I spent so much money investing. And it kind of said, you, you, you've got to get to that point where you just start doing it because you're never, never going to know enough just learn as you go, just improve as you go, just keep going as you go. So there are things that you can do to, to help overcome that. But the subconscious identity that we hold about ourselves is where those driving forces are coming from. So that that feeling of not being good enough, the feeling of, you know, what if I get kind of um, found out? And then the imposter syndrome is quite, I'd say it's definitely a, a phenomenon that's grown in recent years. It wasn't such a big deal um, or a noticeable thing that people used to come to me with when I first started um, but I think it's become quite a trendy label to put on a feeling that we have but ultimately it's, it's this feeling inside that we're not we're not enough and that that can come from multiple places you know we are the sum total of our life experiences and there can be actual reasons why we feel that way there could have been something that happened there could have been a failure that we had or it usually nine times out of 10, it's just an accumulation of different things. And the truth is, you know, as we've gone through our life to get to where we are, we failed many, many times. It's our biggest learning opportunity. You know, I always think back to when you look at a newborn baby and their growth, you know, the, the subconscious mind is running the show until we get to an age of it's, it changes. Some people say it's the age of five. Some people say it's as, as high as 11. And I think it's different in different people. But if you think that, you know, a, a baby has to learn so much and, you know, I always think of their journey when they learn to walk, you know, they start off crawling, they shuffle, they pick themselves up. The first time they fall, if they had the mindset of an adult, they'd probably stay sat on the floor and they'd never get beyond that point. But they pick themselves up, they dust themselves up and they keep going. There's that enthusiasm, that excitement to just keep going, keep going, keep going. But then that inner voice, that critical bit creeps in at the conscious level. And then we start to kind of question ourselves. But yeah, there, there, there can be actual reasons why we feel the way we feel, or it could just be the accumulation of factors. Like I say, when you do something new for the first time, there is that genuine worry of what if I don't get it right? But then unless you do it, you're never going to know. So 
perfection is an illusion. Perfection doesn't exist. You know, you can strive for excellence, which is a completely different thing altogether. You can strive to be the best you can be, but it has to be done in a way of learning as you go, learn as you grow and, and, and keep on going. And if you've got this belief that's become ingrained in you for whatever reason, wherever it's come from, then that can be quite hard to, to kind of shift and break through on your own. But it's possible to, to kind of change it. And, and then when it gets validated or supported by certain things. So if you have this underlying belief that you're not good enough and you're fearing that if you put something out there or you make this change in your business, that what people are going to think or what if I fail? And then if something you put out does bomb and doesn't work, then you've got evidence that you failed. And then that it comes back to the mind wanting to protect you. Yeah. And, you know, if you think back to when we were kind of cavemen, the mind's prime objective is, is to keep us. But in modern living, there's not many things that we can do that are going to be a real genuine threat to us. So, you know, if we do something and it doesn't go as well as we would like, if we do something and it's not successful as we would like it to be, it's not going to kind of be a real genuine threat to us. So it's almost like sometimes that sensitivity inside of us has just been set too high yeah. so it's almost like if we could just turn that down to a level that just allows me to have the appropriate level of kind of caution apprehension sort of foresight to make sure I'm doing the best I can but not to be to that level where it's getting in the way and stopping me from 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 you know doing the things that I want to do and will help me get to that level of success that I want does that make sense yeah, it, it's, it's that sort of, we, you know, we talk about the fight or flight response a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. Going back to like cavemen, it's that sort of same thing, isn't it? It's, you know, I would say to people, you know, that's if they've got anxiety and things like that, you know, it's, it is, it's something that's developed to protect us. But the fact is we're not going to meet a lion in the supermarket these days. No. You know, it's not, it's not going to happen. Well, it depends um, where you live, but normally. So, <laughs> probably not. No, no. <laughs> and, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it is that, but yeah, like you said, I like, I like the way you put it of it's that, it's that sensitivity of it's just sort of set it's set too high I think that's a it's a really it's a clever way of looking at it yeah when I see people stress anxiety burnout that's what I kind of say to them I say if you imagine that your fight or flight response is on a scale of zero to ten normally when things are in a good place it fluctuates it can go up but then it comes back down but because you're not fighting and because you're not running away ultimately it often doesn't reset very well on its own so something will happen which will cause it to go up and it will stay there unless you do something to help bring it back down. And if you're subjected to a lot of stress, a lot of busyness, a lot of demands, and it's staying there, that's where you reach that feeling of overwhelmed stress and even, even burnout. So it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, that that's how you can help to maintain a, a balanced level by doing things that help to kind of bring it down on a proactive, preventative way rather than waiting until it gets too much. And then, you know, it's still very possible to reset but it's going to be harder than if you kind of come out from a, a preventative place. But all those things that we've just talked about, fear of failure, fear of success is another big one that people often are surprised about. Imposter syndrome, all those things. If you're feeling those things, then that's causing your levels to go up. And that's yeah. also, also going to contribute to, you know, that stress level, that burnout level, and also your productivity. Because if you're in your head worrying that you're not doing a good job, or what if this doesn't work out, you absolutely are not going to be doing the best you can. Yeah, it's those, do... it's those little chronic stresses, isn't it? Because it's that yes. sort of, you know, you came up against the lion, your stress would go up, it would come back down when the lion disappeared or you got away from the lion or whatever. Yeah. But now it's that we live in that world where actually we don't have maybe so many of those huge, I mean, you know, there are 
there are times can be, but... stresses, yeah. but we don't come across as you know not in our day-to-day life there might be there might be at a time in life but not necessarily day-to-day whereas day-to-day now we come across those chronic little stresses all the time from that sort of lifestyle that we live and like you said that you know that keeps us up at that level of sort of that underlying stress is kind of there all the time yeah. so we're starting from a higher level already so it's very easy to then kind of tip over I guess into yeah and I, I would say probably the majority of people I see fall into that category where it's those silent stresses that creep up during the day the busyness the demands of of life and and and, and work and family and everything else that cause it to go up and then sometimes what can happen is you can experience that feeling while you're doing something else and then you think it's that that's causing a problem for example some examples over the years you know if someone's doing a, a presentation and all of a sudden they're feeling really uptight and wound up it's got no, it's not normally because of that that they're doing because they've done it so many times before but it's because of that underlying heightened sensitivity that the mind is associating travels another one you know the amount of times and this has happened so many times over the years i've had people who've come to me who have said that they've just gone on the most amazing holiday you know they've, they've worked so hard and now they're checking in for their annual kind of um, vacation and on the way back they've had to call into A&E because they thought they were having a heart attack because it's almost like the body's just relaxed and all of a sudden it's just overwhelmed them to that point where the body's just gone we need to do something about this and then the thought of going back to work or life or the busyness has just caused the levels to kind of creep up rapidly and bring it to their awareness and it's like that getting sick when you go on holiday isn't it yeah get a cold you know as soon as you go on holiday and you stop you get ill yeah but it you know it it wasn't because they went on holiday it wasn't because they you know were on a plane and now all of a sudden they think oh no i I don't like flying it's just that underlying feeling of of, that they were carrying around with them that the mind is connected to to doing um the thing they were doing at the time when they became aware of it yeah, I was talking to, so I've just recorded an episode with Emma Forbes, which is about to come out. So she, she was a TV presenter. I remember Emma um, in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. We were talking, she's talked a lot on her Instagram about fear of flying. She's got a fear of flying and and I, I'm not I'm not a fan of flying, I have to admit. And we were sort of talking about it, but and I was saying mine came, is that mine is not really a fear of flying. And I've, I've realize this now it's taken me time but I've realized this now I'm not actually frightened like she was like oh I don't you know she, for her it was I don't like the turbulence I don't you know and I was like oh, I actually don't really mind don't really mind if there's turbulence I don't you know flying doesn't actually really bother me for me it came from and this is a bit like what you're saying we almost attach things to to up uh, to what we're doing because mine came from the fact that actually I had going back to when I was ill I had problems with my heart and I had problems with my heart when I was on a flight once and it, it was not a nice feeling at 30,000 feet. In the, it's not a nice feeling when you're on the ground, but it definitely wasn't a nice feeling at 30,000 feet in the air. And But that became, oh, I don't like flying. But actually yeah. it was nothing to do with flying. I didn't like feeling, you felt. I didn't like feeling ill. That was, you know, that's what it was. And I would but, say it's the same for, for somebody who doesn't like turbulence. When they experience turbulence, the feeling they get when that happens is what they don't like. So it almost becomes the fear of the fear itself. So it's the fear of the feelings that people dislike, mm-hmm. which then is quite empowering because if it's the feeling that you can actually do something with that and, and about that. So then you can take some ownership and, and um, it's quite empowering to know that you have the ability to take some control over that rather than it controlling you. But you're right. It's the feelings that we're kind of juggling rather than the actual external things um, that cause it. Yeah, because anxiety is often fear of fear. It's it's sort of yeah. fear of fear itself. And the panic attacks, fear of fear itself. Yeah. So, and a lot of people, when they've had a panic attack, it becomes 
fear of having another panic attack. Absolutely. And, you know, whether it be a panic attack or anxiety attack or flying, people can get themselves wound up just by thinking about it. So, you know, no one's near an aeroplane, but if if they've got a real severe fear of flying, they can bring on the feeling and get panicky just the thought of it. So it isn't anything to do with the plane. (laughs) It isn't to do with being in the sky. It's the the association that the mind makes. And, And that's where we kind of loop back to the mindset that, the mind creates this kind of association to that thing. So when that stimulus has then presented itself or is triggered, then the mind is making this kind of connection in the background that, oh yeah, when we were here before, we didn't like that or this happened or that happened. And then again, if it's serving a real genuine purpose, you know, if it has a positive intent behind it, then great. But if it's stopping you or preventing you or, or uh, not allowing you to, to do the things you want to do, to experience the things you want, then it's possible to change it as well. So again, it goes back to it's not right or wrong. You know, if you've got fear of flying, you never want to fly, then fine. But if you want to fly or you need to fly and you feel as if you can't, then it's it's changeable. Yeah. I want just want to jump back. You mentioned fear of success. So we talk yes. a lot, you know, a lot of people talk about fear of failure. That's one we talk about commonly. But fear can we just talk about the fear of success? Yeah. One? That's, I, that's one I've not sort of Okay, I think many people talk about, I guess. It's probably the the opposite side of the same coin, to be honest with you, that people fear failing. What if it doesn't work? What if it it doesn't come to fruition? But equally, success for some people brings different pressures, different expectations, whether that be keeping it, whether that be the demands that will happen if I reach that level or if I reach that salary level, can I handle it? You know, they, they, and it sounds people who don't have it. What is there to fear about success? But I tell you, there's a lot of people who, who have it and uh, struggle with it. So it's a real genuine thing. But again, it kind of doesn't really matter too much what the fear somebody is experiencing. That is just triggering the feeling inside. And that's the bit that we look to change and to work on and to kind of realign the mindset and kind of look at changing any triggers that that might be presenting themselves really but yeah fear of success is a real thing yeah it's interesting because I've, I've never really heard people speak about it in that in from that side of things it's usually the fear of failure that I hear sort of people talking about yeah and sometimes when you drill down the fear of failure it is actually the fear of success that people are uh, kind of struggling with more than the actual failure itself but yeah we're all different but it's yeah it's interesting and you've you've developed the the CEO sort of framework so tell us a little bit about the the framework that you've kind of developed and and sort of what you focus on when you're working with people yeah it's just a kind of a model that I came up with really because again like I said earlier that people sometimes get confused with mindset they've heard it banded around and it's just trying to make it in a more user-friendly way to help people understand what's possible and in the same way and don't get me wrong you don't have to be a ceo to benefit from from this framework but it's thinking of your of the ceo in a business their role is to kind of create that vision create the plan create the strategy create the goals and oversee it so i was thinking and i thought if you could just apply that to the mindset then kind of makes people understand what's possible. So it's really just about helping people to become the CEO of their own mind. So rather than leaving it to chance, it's, you know, it's about creating that vision for the outcome that you want. It's about setting the the, the goals and the strategy and working on doing the things that align with that and kind of keeping check on it uh, rather than just um, leaving it to chance and just seeing where the current of, of life and your current mind programming takes you so it's it's about helping people to be more 
kind of purposeful and, 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 and intentional with what they want to achieve and accomplish. And it's just a, a really nice framework to help people to kind of find a, a user-friendly user way of, uh, of how they can do it. And you've got a program out around sort of using the framework, haven't you now then? So if people are listening to this and they're thinking that support, you know, they, they might want to get support in this area, Tell us a little bit about your your program. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a, a seven step stroke seven week program, and I've, I've run people through it without calling it this for years, one on one. But the new program is is kind of a, a group coaching program. So I take people through a seven week program where we kind of go into more depth in some of the things we've spoken about today about how the mind works, how the subconscious program works, how we can change that, stepping into your your confidence, optimizing that kind of energy and, and the emotions. And, you know, fundamentally kind of creating the, the the outcomes that you want. So we run through that kind of on a on a seven week cycle. And then we have some kind of um, live coaching calls and Q&A so that, you know, we can talk through anything that um, people are coming up against or need to work through um, as they go through it. So, yeah, it's, it's just another way that I can help people if you know, they can't come to me one-on-one -on -one or my time is maxed out and I haven't got any space to see anyone one-on-one. <laughs> -on -one. It just allows me to serve more people in, a, in another format, really. Yeah, and we'll link, we'll put the links in the show notes below for the program, you. for your website and, and to connect with you as well, sort of, you know, on various platforms that I know you're on Instagram and LinkedIn and things like that so we'll get we'll get the program below you know I've had a look at what you've been doing with the program and what's involved in it it looks fantastic it looks really interesting so I'm sure that that's it's something that people are going to want to check out so we'll I think you know it's it, sorry to interrupt but I, th I think no, the, the, the subconscious element is often the missing piece of the puzzle for a lot of people and like I say a lot of people know what they should and shouldn't be doing but there's it just feels like something's not kind of clicking into place and you know, this is just a nice way of looking at something that could just make the difference and make life a lot easier and, and allow people to uh, achieve their next level of, of success in whatever area of their life that they, they want to improve. I think it's going to help a lot of people. So we'll definitely we'll definitely drop the links for that below. And just to kind of finish off, if people are wanting to get started kind of in this work, you know, we I sort of ask ask every guest to sort of give us a few tips on how people can kind of get get started obviously working with somebody you know yeah, you working with somebody you know joining your program working with somebody who knows what they're doing is obviously is going to be is going to be the the best and probably the fastest way to get results as well but if people want to kind of start on this journey or start looking into this sort of work have you got any tips that you can kind of give people for that yeah and like you say working with people one-on-one -on -one can be the most effective but it's not always necessary um as well and that's why I've got kind of a wealth of free resources out there. You know, I've got lots of videos uh, on YouTube where I talk about the different elements of, of, of mindset. So, you know, if, if somebody really wants to kind of start to investigate this side of things, then um, going somewhere like that and exploring that um, is probably a really good place um, to start. But just, you know, there's some simple things, really. And, and often these are ideas that people may have come across, but Again, typically they either know about it but don't do anything with it, so it's just a good idea, or they haven't done it consistently, or they tried it at a time when they probably weren't in the right headspace to to do it. But yeah, there's there's lots of things. I mean, if we look at it from the kind of burnout perspective, probably is is a good good way of of, of looking at it. Things like breathing, meditation, mindfulness. Again, I'm not very prescriptive in respect of I think there's one size fits all but it's just knowing there's so many options and choices for people so 
yeah, just if you haven't explored those things ever or for a while, that's a really good place to start because those things just help you to get out of your own head, stop you worrying and thinking about the past and the future and just bring you in to the here and the now and the present. And you can't, as I say, you can't be worried and stressed and anxious and be present. So anything that helps you to feel engaged and connected to the now is brilliant. And, you know, so many different things you can do, like I say, breathing, meditation, you know, I know that mindful coloring was quite a, a trend for a lot of people at one point. I know some clients who love cooking or baking, crafts, going for a walk in nature, physical exercise, all those things really do help. And that can be quite useful. Journaling is, is, is another thing that people find quite effective. Some of the most successful people, not only that I've worked with, but that I've you know listened to the podcasts and read their books. Journaling is, is, is a really good exercise because what that does it's a really effective way of helping to kind of get thoughts out of your own head. And often that business and overwhelm comes because the head's just got full. We've got yeah. so much going on. So it's a nice way just to upload. And there's some, you know, some really simple prompts that you can ask yourself. Yes, you can get really deep into journaling, but just a real basic level to begin with can be quite effective. And the, the three prompts that I get my clients to, to, to reflect on, I call it the jail journal. And it's what am I grateful for? What have I enjoyed? And what have I learned? And if you do that on a daily basis, it just helps you to kind of sieve through the day and um, take some highlights from it. And, you know, we get more of what we focus on. We get more of what we think about. So if we're and, and this is probably a really big kind of thing that high achievers are not very good at. You know, I was talking to a client just yesterday and he was giving himself such a hard time for the things he hadn't accomplished that day. But when we kind of looked at what he had done, he's not busy day is probably far more productive than what a lot of people get done in a whole week yeah but his focus was on those tasks on his list that he didn't get done but when yeah. they actually kind of broke it down and talked it through it's like oh okay all right and they start to think of it differently but if you did that yourself and just looked at the day you know gratitude is a big one that is is again often overlooked but if you kind of help yourself to focus on those things in your life that you are grateful for um then then that just change changes the perspective and the lens of which you look at things and enjoyed is is kind of a, a similar overlap but it just asks the question a slightly different way that helps you to acknowledge something in your day that you've enjoyed it again the, the things that you write about the things that you acknowledge aren't that important it's just taking the time to do it so it could be that walk you did with the dog it could be that smile you exchanged with somebody it could have been that time you spent it could have been that task that went really well it doesn't really matter but just documenting it in your own handwriting in the in a notebook is such a fantastic thing to do and over time what you're doing is you're creating this evidence bank of some good things and some highlights and then the learning one is one that I like because what that does it allows you to establish and reinforce things that are going well so you're learning your learning for the day could be that you're getting much better at x y or z or you've done this well or whatever but it's also a really good way of turning negatives into a positive so it just yeah. identifies that as a learning opportunity for something that you want to focus on for something you want to improve on and that's a much better uh, way of framing it for, for your mindset moving forward so yeah journaling is, is a really good strategy yeah probably my favorite simplest ones are breathing exercises and then doing some kind of meditation self-hypnosis on a regular basis because that just gives you a, a kind of much deeper um reset than anything else i've um kind of i think it's really great tips and i i, I think as well sometimes it's it's finding those things that work for you is i've had people come to me and they're like i, I can't meditate i'm just not 
not somebody yeah. who's going to meditate and, and they don't want to do it and it's not for them and there's no point forcing somebody to try and do it absolutely you know? not but then actually they find that actually doing some breath work works yep. for them they're they can do that you know i think sometimes people with meditation have this sort of vision of of what they they think meditation looks like and actually it look it looks kind of very yeah. different and, and if they actually just do some breath work or like you said even journaling can be yeah. can, can do the same for that and it's sometimes it's just finding the thing that works for you isn't it the thing that, that yeah but don't dismiss something and i'd like to say I, I completely agree that i think sometimes people have a, a different expectation or an understanding of what it should be like I, you know when i work with people and we use hypnosis and i still use hypnosis heavily with a lot of my clients because for me that's the fastest the most effective way to help them to make changes hypnosis is very similar to meditation but yeah you're right people have misconceptions of how it should feel what it should be like and and really it's it's different for everybody and it can change from one moment to the next from one experience to the other so if you've tried it once or a few times and it didn't click for you don't dismiss it just explore it and, and, and just persevere and um, it might have a different impact for you now than when you've tried it before and, and another thing that's just popped into mind is getting in the habit of asking yourself better questions the way the mind works is we can't process a negative without first thinking about doing it so when we say things to ourselves like i can't do this or um, i'm not very good at doing this what you're doing is you're sending that instruction to your mind. And the mind has to look for support and evidence as to why you're not very good at it. And it's a little bit like when people go on a diet and they think they can't have a certain thing. The moment you think you can't have something, it just makes you want it even more. Yeah. So it becomes all consuming and your focus is there. So it's much better to change the the and clean up the language you use and focus on what you can do and, and, and what you want rather than what you don't want. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's been really interesting talking to you today. You've got so many, so many fascinating points and there's so many crossovers as well, which I think is, you know, is really interesting with what, with what we both do. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and, and having this conversation. I think it's going to be really beneficial for a lot of people. And like I said, we'll link everything so people can find you. We'll link it all below. Pleasure. It's been, been great chatting with you. And if anyone's got any questions, then yeah, feel free to get in touch. Brilliant. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Good Health Podcast. Do share the episode with anyone who you think it may benefit or who may enjoy it and help me spread the word by rating the episode or leaving a review. If you want more, you can find other episodes in the series on your podcast app or sign up to my free newsletter. Not only will you get information on new episodes launching, but we cover lots of health topics with the Ask Nicole section where you can send in your questions, my favorite recipes, my favorite products, tips and tricks to help you on the road to good health and much more. You can sign up free of charge at nicolegoodhealth.com forward slash newsletter, also linked below. I hope you have a lovely week. Don't forget to hit subscribe and I'll see you next time.